Hey there, WNBA Nation fans. This is Jason, editor-in-chief, a title I just gave myself here at WNBA Nation. I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a disclaimer as we start this episode. Obviously, you clicked on the title of the episode. You know this is the Atlanta Dream Team Preview. As such, uh, this episode was recorded before the news about head coach Nikki Collin uh, leaving the Atlanta Dream and taking a job at... Baylor uh, had broken, so this episode is recorded before that. Obviously, over the next few episodes, especially as we do our season preview and we get into the beginning of the season, we'll be telling you how we think that affects things and stuff. But like I said, this episode was recorded before that news broke. Uh, Nikki Collin left the Dream organization to take that job at Baylor, filling the hole left by Kim Mulkey, who took a job at LSU. And uh, Atlanta has named as interim head coach uh, Mike Peterson. Peterson has been an assistant coach with the Dream since 2017. And before that, he has coached many uh, collegiate programs um, as head and assistant coaches. Uh, schools like Wake Forest, Gonzaga, New Mexico State, TCU, Oregon, Minnesota, uh, North Texas. So uh, quite quite the, the resume. So Mike Peterson is going to be stepping in as the interim head coach as they the new organizational leadership obviously is going to uh, kind of get their say, you know, you've, you've got new organization, you've got a new organizational leadership, uh, and they've got kind of a fresh slate. So we'll see what kind of coach they're interested, what direction they want to take the program. Uh, but that, like I said, more on our thoughts about what direction they're going to go, how this is going to affect the season, all that stuff will be on later episodes. This, uh, episode was recorded before that though, so you'll hear references to Nikki Collin and kind of, you know, potentially being on the hot seat, some stuff like that. Um, all those takes are kind of mute, uh, but a lot of the takes we had were about players, so I, I think you'll still get a lot out of it. But I am talking too much, so I am going to jump it over to the show. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Candace. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Edward Sparks. Hey, this is Imani Media Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. Welcome to the show, boys and girls. Apparently, I'm channeling my Tony Kornheiser today. <laughs> that must be what I'm listening to a lot lately. Uh, this is WNBA Nation. Uh, team preview episode. We're doing a lot of those lately to get you all primed for the upcoming WNBA season. I'm your host, Logan Jones, and with me today is Steve Schwartzman. Welcome back, Steve. Hey, so does that make me the Michael Wilbon? Like, do I, do I have to start like with a funny question of just like, yes, just like today was the Kentucky Derby and one of the most popular horses was named Soup and Sandwich. Tony, is that your lunch today? And Tony says something about, being naked on Main Street or something, and you're like, ah, classic, classic old guy. We we could start doing that. That's like the number one PTI <laughs> thing that if I could be a fly on a wall, it would be legitimately like, I get everything else, but I sort of just want to be there when they get to determine what like the intro banter is. Like, when do we get to write like the joke that everything starts with? One of my one of my favorite yeah one of my favorite things that they do is sometimes Kornheiser will say we had a different joke written that they wouldn't let me say, and then he'll tell you what it is, and you'll be like, oh well, then you just beautiful. said it anyway. Beautiful. What a weird. Uh, this was not how I plan on talking about the show, but what a weird, uh, not at all, but here we, we, we love other, we love sports podcasts. We love talking basketball yeah. and we love taking in other basketball. We certainly content. better. So yeah. And thank you for joining us today for these team previews. If you, uh, if you aren't aware, this is the time of year where a lot of people are asking on Twitter or otherwise, what team should I be a fan of? I'm thinking about getting into the WNBA. What do I need to know? We'll tell you what you need to know. 
on today's episode. This is your Atlanta Dream Team preview. Dream. Notice I didn't say Dream Dream Team, although that's a that's an easy mistake to make. Uh, the Atlanta Dream, interesting squad, interesting off season. Uh, I, I can't wait to dig into it, Steve. I I know you're ready to talk about the Dream off season. There were some things that occurred. <laughs> Uh, among the front office that we're yes. going to touch on, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna delay any further. I'm gonna give just a quick uh, story so far to to explain why we're doing them now. I, if you haven't picked up on this yet, uh, listeners, we are doing our team previews in reverse order of last year's standings, which doesn't bode well for the 2020 dream in the wobble. Uh, that team was a 10th place finishing team in 2020. They went seven and 15. Atlanta Dream coach Nikki Collin, whose voice you heard on our introduction, uh, took over in 2018, a couple years ago. She promptly made a conference finals uh, with this Dream team, uh, which they lost three games to two to the Washington Mystics, but have not qualified for the playoffs in either of the past two seasons. And this is going into Nikki Collin's fourth season, which adds some intrigue, I think, uh, to what they have in store for us. But before we get into any of their key returners, or any of their acquisitions, we got to talk about the biggest offseason story for the Dream, which isn't entirely basketball-related. Uh, they are under new management. Steve, tell us a little bit about what's going on with the Dream front office. Yeah, I think you could argue this might be the biggest offseason story of the league in general, um, at least anything J- Jersey-related, I guess, if you're aesthetic fans like us. But also, a lot of people would argue this is bigger than that. It probably is. Uh, obviously, uh, on February 26th of this year, the WNBA approved the sale of the Atlanta Dream principally to Larry Gottsteiner. Uh, I'm never going to be able to get that name correctly, so that one is on me. But essentially, the WNBA board uh, supported this move, which took the ownership of the Dream from the Dream 2 organization, uh, which was oversought by a business person and a failed Congress person. Um, no need to say names. You just need to know that uh, they <laughs> poked a beast and the beast bit back. So essentially, obviously uh, much of the story of this move came at the behest of, uh, I'll just go ahead and say names. Kelly Loeffner was um, a Georgia Congresswoman and had made many derogatory remarks in terms of, her feeling on the Black Lives Matter movement and kneeling for the anthem and other levels of pieces. And of course, uh, this was when many players within the dream and then ultimately members of the WNBA decided to put together groundswell support uh, for her opponent, Ralph Warnock, who ended up being voted in via runoff in January when she was taken uh, out of her seat in Congress, it felt inevitable that eventually she would also find her way out of the WNBA, which was made official in February 26th. But what was most interesting to this was the actual group that was approved for the ownership was a three-member investor group, which comprised, uh, of course, Larry Gottensteiner, a COO of Northland, Susanna Bear, and a player who had been retired from the WNBA all of a couple of weeks in Dream star Renee Montgomery, uh, who was one of the main groundswell players in this this movement, uh, who sat out the 2020 season to have a more concerted effort toward Black Lives Matter movement um, post the the George Floyd, um, the the murder of George Floyd, but also just 
you know, the general protest and, and movement in general and moved from there to this being her second pro sports team that she took ownership of within a matter of a couple of months. They're now in week or month three or four of this. And I, this is where I think the dream story to transition into what you probably want to talk about, which is this upcoming season. That's where the story with the dream is very interesting because while adding very strong pieces to their roster, uh, there's also, you have to think of very renewed energy within this organization in general, because this felt like a very hopeful and exciting moment for the team um, who haven't had a lot to celebrate in recent times. Yeah. Yeah. You might just be wondering like what all that has to do with the actual like basketball on the hardwood, but honestly you can't talk about the dreams off season or the dream at all or the wobble without the social activism oh, yeah. piece and the dream were front and center and yeah. all of that. So if you're thinking about being a fan of the league and you think Atlanta might be your team, you got to know that like that's good. You have to know that that's background on what this team's been up to lately. I think that's really critical. Yeah. Uh, you also got to know a roster of returning players that includes last year's draft pick Kennedy Carter, who after injuring her left ankle eight games into the season, kind of lost the the hype and the lead uh, for rookie of the year voting after Sabrina, who if you listen to the New York Liberty episode, um, Sabrina got injured three games into the year. The league was kind of looking for a new young hotness. And Kennedy Carter came into the league with all kinds of hype behind her. I mean, NBA players were were tweeting about her. They were all excited to have her in Atlanta. She got injured, didn't have the season that she wanted. But she was putting up big numbers points-wise before that. So Kennedy Carter's back in her sophomore season. Also, the incredibly smooth Courtney Williams will be back. Uh, we're excited for her. She, uh, of course... A former Mercury player, if I'm not mistaken. Connecticut. Right, we, we, uh, we've actually seen her play. Oh, Connecticut. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, orange. She wore orange. That's where it uh, happened. <laughs> I have Steve on here to yep. keep me honest. Former, former son, uh, player, Courtney Williams. Uh, you also get Shakina Strickland, Kalani Brown, and Monique Billings all returning to the building for the dream. Um, not, not as solid of a core as other teams we're going to talk about in future previews. But enough players that have been around the league. I don't. Yeah. What, what's your impression of these returners, Steve? Well, I think this also. I, I think with this, you also have to throw in Tepes, who hopefully will be back at full strength. I think it's a solid pickup. I think what we're lacking as a certainty right now, but have a few pieces where it's potential. Is there is lack of of a mainstay star that's going to help propel a return this returning roster? That can be Kennedy Carter, and that can be Courtney Williams, and that. Could very well potentially be someone who just recently joined the roster that I'm sure you're going to bring up in a moment. That could also be Kalani Brown, who we forget came to this roster with a lot of high energy. And for a while, it felt like it was going to be Tiffany Hayes. uh, And that seemed to cool off a bit. So there's a I think there's a lot of pieces that have the potential to, for lack of better terminology, like really just take off. The hard part is those pieces haven't really found a way to mold together. Uh, do the new elements support that? We'll just have to see. So I like a lot of these players individually. Do I feel like there's a cohesive fit to them? I think the past data tells you not as strong, uh, but I, there's a little more energy that I feel toward this roster, and it has to do with some of the, the seasoning that's been added to it. And uh, I'm excited to talk about that. So, um, but I'm gonna leave that to yeah. you. That's your. That's yeah, your I agree. 
Seven and seven and fifteen. Uh, Coach Nikki Collin really likes a good defensive front in in the like in the half court. She likes to play good defense. I think these these players can be up to the task. But as you mentioned, not really any like all star caliber leader, point scorer, bucket getter on the team. But that could be coming because in the key acquisitions, uh, there are quite a few. This team went out and got some reinforcements this offseason. They got Cheyenne Parker out of Chicago. I know the sky weren't happy to see her go. That that was an underrated pickup. That that's a that's a yep. big pickup. Uh Yvonne Turner out of Phoenix. They also picked up Tiana Hawkins out of Washington. Uh and th- this is the big one. They they pick up Ari McDonald as the third overall yep. draft pick in this year's draft. And if you were watching the tournament this year, you know Arizona's Ari McDonald probably was the player of the tournament. I know Arizona ended up falling short of the championship. But you didn't leave the tournament without being impressed by what McDonald could do. And I think the pairing of her and Kennedy Carter together in a backcourt has a lot of people buzzing. So I'm going to take a little break here before I get into the key departures to ask Steve, is is that enough? Is the adding of McDonald, Cheyenne Parker, a couple of these other players, Kayla Davis, um, also draft picks Raquel Carrera and Lindsey Pulliam in the second and third rounds. Don't know if we're going to see them play this year. Is that enough to get this team to where you want to watch them every night? It, I got to know what the backcourt combo is going to look like. The, it feels like their highest energy pickups were purely at the guard level in a lot of ways. Because at this point, you're looking at you're going to have to find some combo in the backcourt while trying to pick between Courtney Williams, Yvonne Turner, Odyssey Sims, Aaron McDonald, and Kennedy Carter. Antipes, and you've got to figure out, first of all, who's going to be key there, who might fit at the three, and then who are you putting on the bench? And so I think that's where it's a little rough of a decision to make for them is it's not just that the talent is there, because it is. They've got to find the right mixture that works. The marketable mixture, whether or not it wins them games, we'll see. A Kennedy Carter, Ari McDonald backcourt is going to put butts in seats. That's 100% going to get people excited, because that's just... That's fun. Is it the is it the recipe you need to win basketball games? I don't know, but right now they have the potential to market a very fun backcourt with those two if they so choose. Yeah, I agree. Ari McDonald's probably going to get the headlines. Kennedy Carter's got like kind of the following. I think Cheyenne Parker, going into her seventh year in the league after six years with Chicago, she has a chance to really do something. She's been a good piece. For Chicago playing, I mean, she played like 20 minutes a game her last three seasons. Yeah. She was never the player handling the ball all the time. Yes. But man, she, I mean, she shot 40, 47% from three, uh, in, in her 2020 wobble season. I will say, uh, about Shannon Parker, she has the potential to create this. She, she is one of the more pivotal off-season moves that was never talked about in that she may have the potential to have a very Natasha Howard-style experience. Howard was less than impactful in her time in Minnesota simply because that roster was stacked at the time. She wasn't able to get as much playing time. She found space to move at Seattle and became an impact player immediately, helped that team win a championship. Bree Stewart went down. She was able to spend a whole season and basically become, in a lot of ways, the best player on that team, get an all-star nod, and... She took a big contract in New York. Shine Parker has a potential to be given that space to have that much of an effect here in Atlanta. And I think that's where it's exciting for them is 
I I almost think they don't feel like they're picking up the Shane Parker who is in Chicago. They're getting a little bit more than that, and that's pretty cool. I agree. 13 and a half points per game last season. If you extrapolate that per 36 minutes, that's almost that's over 19 points a game. That's the type of player she can be as a starter. Yeah. So excited for her, excited for Aaron McDonald. Big key acquisition. That's a big, long list. I mean, I'm looking at uh, seven players that they're adding, many of which are going to be added to their core. Uh, so a very different Atlanta team than we've seen over the past two seasons that may be different is what they need. Key departures. We already mentioned Renee Montgomery. is a uh, player you might want to know if you're going to be a fan of this Dream Team moving forward. She's now part of the ownership of the Atlanta Dream. And you lose Betnija Laney, last year's most improved player. She signed with the New York Liberty, which you know if you listen to our Liberty preview episode. Uh, she was kind of a revelation last year, and it's it's too bad that Atlanta couldn't hold on to her. Um, so we're going to see what she does with the New York Liberty, see if that was just a flash-in-the-pan sort of thing, or if she's going to be a name in this league for a long time coming. Um, but that's your that's your lineup. That's your Atlanta dream. We'll go into a little bit of floor and ceiling talk now. This is a team that finished third from last. They were in 10th place last year. Uh, what we've been doing, Steve, is uh, the, the line that I'm setting for – Playoff eligibility. So you, you get that eighth spot in the WNBA. You slip into that last spot in the playoffs. You give yourself a chance at the postseason. That line's probably about 13 and a half games. Uh, I, I think if you make 14 wins and you're in 13, maybe not. Do you see a percentage of a chance where this Atlanta Dream Team can finish above that mark? If I had to give it a percentage... I think I'd give them a solid 70% chance at that because really it, yeah, I do think that there's potential to it. Maybe I'm rating that high. Cause what I'm about to say may not make it sound like that. So maybe I'm more towards 60. I think they have above a half, like if 50% is very much like the, Oh, we'll think about it. And below 50 is absolutely not. I think it's above. I think they're in the consideration point. If you're considering the ten, like just the, the results of all the teams from last season, you, they're looking at needing to bump Dallas to get into that situation. Dallas is a very similar team who's had a lot of interesting young changes. I think Atlanta's are much more built to potentially pull in wins right away. Uh, I think the issue with them is I don't know if they'll be able to be as defensively stout as possible. That's something that losing Laney is tough in a lot of ways. But I look at a lot of these players who have a chance to really burst out and make something of themselves. Shine Parker being one of the key pieces. I think Courtney Williams is going to come in with something to prove pretty heavily. And then you have two very young players that are going to be building a lot of swagger between McDonald and Kennedy Carter. It, can they find the mixture? It, this comes down to this is probably a hot seat season for Nikki Collin. Is she going to be able to find the mixtures that work for her? I, and I feel like that's in the cards at this point. And, uh, so I think they have a high potential. All in all, I'm going to go ahead and settle on a 60% shot. I think they do have it in them. Uh, if they can figure out some way to get the defense to mix up for them. The other two reasons I think they have a legitimate shot, and this is maybe where I bumped it up to 60 to 70%. I think the change in ownership is a very, very legitimate booster. I feel like one thing that didn't really help the team standing over the last couple seasons is what did their ownership do to make them even care about playing to win basketball yeah, I games? I totally agree. 
when most of their effort and their stress and their concern was about getting their owner out of political office. And now they can focus on basketball and on top of it with ownership who you definitely know is invested in making you better because one of them was one of you a year ago. A couple months ago, there's a high. I think that there's going to be high energy level. There's new digs. They're going to want to come in and make an impression on top of that. And I mean this and y'all can roll your eyes as much as possible. If they're right at the ceiling point of like, maybe they'll get over that 13, 14 win hump. The rebel jerseys are going to get them there. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's a Jersey. You win a few extra games in They're sweet. I firmly believe, I think it's the best jersey, at least the best Rebel jersey in the bunch of, of a lot of great Rebel jerseys. I truly believe they, that that's the type of thing. It's very similar to the Miami Vice jerseys. That's a jersey when you put it on, you feel like a winning basketball player and it'll get them a few extra wins that maybe they don't, that they'll get like some upset play. They'll get an upset over maybe a Seattle or a Washington or a high level team. Because it gave them the mojo they needed. And if they're at the the dividing line when they throw those jerseys on, it bodes well for them. And y'all can make fun of me, but I've, I've made enough weird spreadsheets <laughs> about cool jerseys and what it's done for sports teams in history. And it bodes well for those teams. And this is a good example of it. I'll tell you what. There's something about a team with mojo that can't be measured or 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 overstated or understated. I'm not sure, but it it's important. And I think having the new ownership group, having Nikki Collin enter her fourth season, getting Ari McDonald, who I think is going to pump everybody up, getting Kennedy Carter back. Like, I think the dream think that they're a good team. Like, I think they mm. really believe that. I, I don't know if I could say that for every one of these first team preview level teams that missed the playoffs last year. But if I were to pick a team that, you know, if they just start off high, if they have a good first 10 days of the season and they're winning a couple games you didn't think they would win and they're able to keep this offseason mojo continuing into the regular season, they're going to be in the playoffs. I, I'll tell you, what, before we started recording this episode, I was like, no. If you ask me straight up, Atlanta Dream 2021 playoffs, yes or no, my answer is no. But I could, yeah. but I could see, I could see the path for them. And that's not something I could say about Indiana. It's not something I even felt comfortable saying about New York, even though New York made some big offseason acquisitions. They've got, you know, their, their star rookie coming back, just like this dream team does. It's not something I felt comfortable saying about those other two teams. This is where we're starting to wade into if they start the season hot, they've got the mojo, anything can happen. And that's, you know, I've got this thing in my notes written down. I, I have in bold letters, why should someone be a fan of the Atlanta Dream this season? If you're new to the WNBA and you want to get in on the ground floor of a team set to begin to rise, this team's got the ingredients. They, they probably, probably they need some more time in the oven. I think, I think it would be a year ahead of schedule for them to make the playoffs this year. I think everyone would agree with that, but. Could I could see the path? Yeah, I think I think there's a line there, and that's why, like the percentage wise, I wasn't sure where to put it, but I think there's a high potential for it. I will say this really quick because I saw this on Twitter not too long ago. Uh, so, so at the day we're recording this, there was a preseason game between Atlanta and Dallas, and unfortunately, we don't get to see those, uh, which is dumb. But <laughs> um, 
there was some some Twitter buzz going on because on the sideline or at least in the crowd wearing warm-ups and a dream t-shirt and a mask legitimately calling out and hyping up her team is team owner Renee Montgomery and legitimately you know going up to you know to Terrell on Twitter and saying hey squad's looking all right that's all you need to know and I just got I just feel like there's an energy there that they need right and they, like there's something to be made of team chemistry. And that's why the issue with Atlanta was the talent has always felt like it was there. It just never felt like it was manifesting itself in a way where things were going to gel for them. And I hope that something about this figures it out for them because this is a roster that you want to see succeed. It's a fun roster full of fun players, full of cool players that would intimidate me in a social setting because they're so cool. I feel like I would try to act cool and end up acting dumb, which is most of my interactions with humans, but especially in this case, you want this team to play well. And I think the energy is there. I think the the issue you're going to run into is everything you said. Is it we feel positive because they're on the incline or is it we feel positive because maybe there's a chance they can make an impact right now. And yeah, it does feel like it's going to be a little bit more time, but uh, I don't think Atlanta fans should see that as a net negative. I think there's a lot to look forward to. Yeah. This dream squad is like cookies in the oven that I can smell and it's delicious and it just might need more time, but I, I want it yeah. to be done now. Cause I, I want, I think they've got, I think they've got something. And we're a pretty positive podcast. We say that about a lot of teams, but I feel like we were pretty frank about the Indiana fever. I know we've got other team previews coming up where we're going to give you some, some brutal honesty. I really, I truly believe there's reason to be optimistic about this dream team. Um, I, I would be surprised. I think if they made the playoffs this year, um, but it's not totally out of the question. So I'm glad we, we kind of had this floor ceiling yep. discussion with them. Uh, if you want a fun Atlanta dream stat, uh, Atlanta was part of the 2008 expansion era, I guess, for this WNBA. They, they were not one of the, you know, originals from, from 25 years ago. They've been around since 2008, uh, which isn't a long time. It's about half the, the amount of time that the league has been in existence. They have three conference titles in that time. They don't have an NBA championship, but they have won their conference three times in, what is that, 12 years? Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad for a young team. I'll give it to them. So not not as not as decorated as some other teams we're going to talk about here pretty soon. But Steve, that's the Atlanta dream. I feel like we covered everything we wanted to touch on. Is there anything you want to talk about plug wise or Atlanta dream wise before we close the show? Oh, gosh, Um, there's things and there's lots of them. Um, The uh, I think the first thing comes into mind, the NWSL Challenge Cup is going to be. Wrapping up this week, uh, Friday is going to be the final. Uh, by the time this episode is released, we'll know who's in the final. But there, at the time of recording this, there's one final match that will determine that. Uh, and it's pretty exciting because it's a team not a lot of people expected. And then the regular season is going to be right on the brink. In fact, the regular season for the NWSL season is just... Uh, that kicks off one day after the start of the WNBA season. So that's a big weekend for women's sports. So you should be excited about that. Other than that, yeah, it's uh, uh, W History is going to be wrapping up as far as episode release soon. You may already actually have that at your disposal by the time you hear this episode. Uh, yeah. Store Envy, merch, check out our page, find us on Twitter, 
all that good stuff. I just, my brain is like, oh, that's perfect. Stuff, that but is there's lots to be excited about. No, there is lots to be excited about. Congratulations if, if this is your first season watching the WNBA. You're just now finding this podcast and you're just digging into who these players are. The Atlanta Dream. I've got some stuff going on. Oh, you know what? I do have one uh, really uh, quick thing now that I I do think about it randomly. Um, and I'm realizing there was another quick thing. Uh, oh, this might be what you actually referring to. So I'll hit this really quick. Yeah. So um, happy birthday to Gigi Bryant as we're recording this. Uh, what would be her 15th birthday? And um, love to Vanessa and the girls and the family and everything. It's been really cool to watch people reflect on her life and her impact. Um, I, you know, I grew up a Los Angeles sports fan. And so I was a huge Kobe fan. So I think about him a lot, but I feel like I think about Gigi even more in recent, in this last year, because we got to watch her come up and and watch her play basketball at a young age. It was so cool. And like anytime I had a bad day, finding a clip of her playing basketball would make me feel better because it was just like, there was so much potential in that. And it was sad that that got cut short, but it was really fun to honor her life or not fun. Fun's a bad word. It was, it was uh, just really special to watch people honor her life today. Uh, If you are interested in the Mambasita clothing line that Vanessa Bryan announced, uh, there's access to that. We obviously have no reason to plug that on our own, Um, but feel free to look into that proceeds for that go straight to the Mambasita foundation. Um, So obviously there's that piece there as well. I'm going to switch to a completely different thing to end my plugs, which is to say, if you're on the fence to get a new WNBA jersey, I got to tell you guys right now, my uh, Sparks Explorer jersey was well above the expectation. Uh, I really wanted you to to say like, oh, it's low quality. You don't need to spend money. It's one of the highest quality jerseys I've ever purchased. Oh, man. It looks pristine. It's devoid of corporate logos. It looks fantastic. I'm sad we're not recording on stream right now because people could see me wearing it because even my bloated gut looks fantastic in it. Uh, it is worth, uh, and not if, even if you don't get a Sparks Explorer jersey, whatever jersey you decide you want to get, you're in good hands. And I just wanted to put out the plug that, uh, if you're thinking, I don't want to pay a lot of money for something that may not be a high level of, of good quality. Well, guess what? Your money not only will support the league, but you're going to look and feel fly because they're solid. Yeah, and this is if the you perfect- need it, if you need Steve's take, that's Steve's take. This that's is a perfect episode to plug the WNBA's new looks because Atlanta Dream has got some of the best. So cash money. Jason's gonna hit the outro music here. Uh, that's that's the Atlanta Dream. Hot jerseys, cool players, good coach, Nikki Collin, shout out, friend of the show, Harry McDonald, Woo-hoo. rookie year. Cheyenne Parker. Sky fans are not going to like seeing her be successful this year, but she's going to be really good. That's it. Chili dogs. Yeah. WNBA Nation. Thanks for listening. I am Logan Jones. I'm Steve Schwartzman. And we'll catch you next time.